Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Italian American Entertainment Podcast. And I'm your host, Vince Shirelli. And today we have Tessa Del Zoppo, who is the producer and host of A Night with a Medium podcast. And uh, welcome. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, this is going to be an interesting one. I just started this podcast uh, website about a month ago now, not even. And uh, I, uh, you know, entertainment is is a big uh, big thing. It encompasses musicians and I'm a musician, but I want to encompass all forms of entertainment. And, uh, when I saw your video with the uncle Louie variety show guys, I thought, you know, entertainment, uh, the actual definition of entertainment is, uh, providing or being provided with amusement or enjoyment. And, uh, even though, uh, what you're doing is I wouldn't say the first thing that comes to mind for <laughs> entertainment, you definitely uh, bring enjoyment to people. So I think this uh, counts. So, uh, once yeah. again, welcome. And since it's about Italian Americans, uh, I always start out with our guests about uh, where you're from now, but where you come from, where your ancestry comes from in Italy. Yeah, well, so I'm 100% Italian. Um, I live in, I grew up in Niagara Falls, New York. So my father's side is from a small uh, Abruzzi region town. It's uh, Intradacqua was the name of their little town in Abruzzi. Um, but I have family currently in Naples. So, okay. um, yep. So most of them from that little area moved to Naples. That's where they are now. And then my mother's side is Sicilian. And, um, you know, I never really met my family from, from uh, Italy from there. But when my mother's side came here, they moved to like New Jersey. There's, there's I still have family in like Jersey, Long Island, New York area. Um, and then the rest of us came here. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Niagara Falls, but I'm from both parts. I'm northern as well as Sicilian. Well, you got the southern. I'm 100% Sicilian, so <laughs> there, <you laughs> <go>. <laughs> there we go. All from both sides are from the same little town in Sicily too. So we didn't go very far. But uh, <laughs> what town? What town in Sicily? It's called Aragona. It's a small town okay. in uh, uh, Agrigento region. So um, oh. yeah, we're all from there. I still got cousins there. So. <laughs> Yeah. Have you visited? Like, have you gone? Yeah. So I went, uh, 11 years ago now. So 2009. So it's been a while, but uh, I'll have to, my wife wants to, we have a four-year-old, so I don't know if it's the right time for a four-year-old, but she says she wants to go once this whole COVID thing is over with. She, she wants yeah. to go. So we might. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a four and a six-year-old. So oh, nice. yeah, my family in Naples wants me to come and they're like, bring the kids. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not no, sure yet. Yeah, we can barely do Disney World. I don't know about uh, I don't know about Italy, but uh, we'll see. So, um, well, to start out with, uh, can you explain to our listeners exactly what uh, what you do, but exactly what a psychic medium is? Yeah. So it's funny because you had brought up um, you know the entertainment world and and what I do. I actually I have been in entertainment since I was three. So. To kind of backtrack, I I was a dancer. I started dancing when I was three, and that's been carried throughout my life ever since. Um, what I didn't realize back then is that when I would get into a studio um, and I would dance, I was kind of, it was kind of like my channel and my release for things. And I always said, like, with any form of entertainment, you know, whether you're an actor, a singer, a dancer, uh, whatever it might be, you know, we use that form of entertainment, which is art you know, really 
as a channel and we release kind of whatever we're going through in life and stuff into that. And that's what makes a good actor. It's, you know, what makes good song lyrics. It's, you know, it's a part of everything. So I didn't realize at a young age that I would use dance um, as kind of a channel for me. Um, I was about four when I started, when I like remember seeing spirit. So, um, you know, I, I would see things all the time and, and then towards my teens, I realized I wasn't crazy (laughs) and being Italian and growing up in like a Catholic family, you know, we didn't really, nobody really wanted to talk about it. It was kind of like taboo. Right. So, you know, my grandmother had the ability, but she didn't necessarily want to talk about it. Um, and so I started doing it kind of behind the scenes and, you know, my mom is a medium as well and she has the ability. So I believe it was passed down. Um, and you know, we would go different places and talk to different people. We used to see people like Sylvia Brown, um, who would talk to spirit. And so I knew I wasn't crazy. And then I tried to figure out like, what can I do with this? You know what I mean? Am I supposed to be using this? Am I supposed to be helping people? Um, and so, you know, I started doing readings and, and I've been able to deliver readings from people who have passed as a medium, uh, to bring kind of like healing and closure, answer questions that maybe, Uh, people might have after somebody's past. I've worked with um, investigators on missing persons cases, homicides, um, to try to, you know, help with putting the pieces together in those situations. Um, And then, you know, throughout the years, I've really been building for like six, seven years now. And I kind of, I saw in my head this, like, I I didn't want to let go of entertainment, right? Because that's my life. Um, I do aerial arts. I do like the, the aerial hoop, like you would see in Cirque du Soleil. I'm a contortionist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, how do I take my spiritual side and then the entertainment side of me and make it into something? Um, and it wasn't until the beginning of this year that I finally kind of created what it was that I'd been looking for, which was a casino show. And, um, so I, I did a show here in Niagara Falls, which was the Seneca Niagara Casino. It was called A Glimpse. And basically I read out into the audience. We had an audience of about 500 something people. And I, I delivered readings into the audience, kind of like you would see with Teresa Caputo or Tyler Henry. Um, and then at the end, I closed it with a performance. So I used my gift as a dancer and as an aerialist. And I closed the show with that. And um yeah. So, so I've taken everything throughout the years, you know, being a medium, the entertainment, and I've just tried to create something that I can use, you know, as a career, really. Interesting. So you just started this year then 2020 with the, that casino show? The casino show. I've been doing readings publicly for about, like I said, like six years. Um, you know, I would do different shows at like the Statler in Buffalo is a big one. Um, different venues, I would do gallery readings. And I've connected with people in different countries and different all over the U.S., really, um, a couple different countries. And then I finally, you know, I was offered the chance to do an actual show like that, which is what I've been aiming for. Um, I did the show. I had more booked. It was kind of like a little tour that was going and everything was planned and then COVID hit and uh, everything just kind of shut down. So what I did was I translated that into a podcast and that's a night with a medium, what you brought up before. Um, And what I've been doing is honestly highlighting what I do as a medium. So I obviously do readings over the air, but I also highlight a specific person, um, any type of energy or people entertainment in the beginning, because I always believe that entertainment and kind of spirituality and all that is connected. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been interviewing people I've had, um, 
three different Sopranos actors. Um, one of them being Vincent Pistori, who played, mm-hmm. um, I won't say it on yeah. the air, but, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and uh, Vincent Curatola, which will be airing this week, who played uh, Johnny Sachs. I've had Disney cool. animators, the creator of Little Mermaid on there. I've had some Broadway people. Um, I actually just did a reading with uh, Julia Arnaz, who is Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's granddaughter. Um, And so I've been lucky enough to kind of interview these people, do readings for them. And then I read everybody who, you know, who calls in. So it's been really fun. Interesting. So uh, I'm going to jump around here with some questions popping in my head. But uh, so when you said you were uh, three or four or five years old, whenever it was that you started, so what is the difference from what you saw? You say spirit. Is there a difference between a spirit and a ghost or is it just the same thing? (laughs) I personally like the term spirit. I really do. Um, Ghost is kind of, I think, more Hollywood. Like it's more of what they would use in like a movie. Um, A lot of places, like you see a lot of TV shows, which I have a couple people who have done, like, um, if you've ever watched any of the paranormal shows on, like, Travel Channel and TLC, I have a couple people that I've done interviews with from those shows as well. Um, But even they agree, like, not, it's very, um, I guess, Hollywood to think that there's all these haunted places and that there's ghosts that are haunting everybody all the time. And that's not really the, the truth. Um, you know, we are a soul, like we were energy. And so when we pass, it's kind of like energy can't be created or destroyed. Right. So our soul stays, our body's gone. Um, and I believe that that's what I pick up on as a medium. You know, I do believe that sometimes spirits linger around, which is when, you know, you might pick up on them in the house or whatever. Um, maybe they have a message that they haven't been able to deliver, but I don't necessarily like the term ghost. You know, I like, I think spirit kind of does it more justice. Okay. Yeah. So it's always interest me because I've had (laughs) experiences before. I hate talking about it for some reason. I don't know why it always makes me weirded out, but uh, (laughs) I don't, it's, it's like a weird, uh, my band member, Frank, my guitarist, we're very close and he always jokes with me. He doesn't believe it. And he's like, well, how come they don't ever show themselves to me? But it's, it's, it's a weird, when I've experienced something, it's never like, it's not like Casper the ghost is standing there. It's like just a, I've had like a feeling, um, like I just, so I don't, I don't know. That's why I wanted to see, is there really a difference or is, I don't think, I don't believe that there's ghouls and ghosts just kind of floating around there, but. So what I would like to say about that, though, because you kind of just proved it like you're you're a musician. Right. And so but you have this ability that you're not quite sure what it is. You're more empathic. So like what you pick up on is is energy. And I'm sure you feel it with people, too. Like when you interact with a person, you can kind of get a sense of like good energy, bad energy. You know, maybe they're going through something and it feels kind of heavy when you talk to them. Um, Or maybe you might feel sad around somebody, but you're not quite sure why you're just empathically picking up on them. Um, and being a musician, you know, it's a release for you, whether you've realized it or not, you know, and you translate things like that into your work. And, um, yeah, I would say that if, you know, when you pick up on spirit, it feels very similar to the energy that you would feel with a person, you know what I mean? Except for they've passed. Yeah. The interesting part with me is, um, maybe I have, and I've just not paid attention, but the two times for sure that it's happened to me, I've, I've always been with somebody else. Um, okay. and yeah. they've seen it too. And that's kind of been the, 
kind of like, okay, I'm not crazy type of thing. So once was, I actually said it on my uncle Louie, uh, show. I told those guys about it, uh, <laughs> was when I was in Palermo, I was in Sicily and, uh, my cousin who's passed now that we were staying with, uh, it was hot and there was no air conditioning. And my cousin and I were staying in the same room and, uh, she said, don't open the windows. And I brought this up to the Uncle Louie guys because of these old superstitions that we make fun of and stuff from the old country. And uh, I thought it was because of this, don't open the window, you're going to get sick from a draft. But it was, uh, don't open the window because my uh, dead husband keeps following me. And when I open the window, he comes in the house. And so we were like, that's insane. That was nonsense. So that that night I was asleep and I didn't know and my cousin Danielle opened the window supposedly and that night I woke up and I saw I felt that there was a guy sitting at the end of the bed and I just went back wow. to sleep and I didn't say anything the next day until later in the day and then my cousin brought it up and just said did you see someone in the room and it just kind of freaked me out I was like what the heck was that all about and so right. that, that was like the first time that that had ever happened to me but it's weird because it's yeah. always with somebody else so I don't know yeah you know it's funny that you had the experience in Italy because Italians really believe in that stuff like I mean religion is separate you know but but Italians like they're very spiritual like right. they they been psychics they believe in spirit um my cousins in italy i did readings for them which was super hard because i'm not you know fluent in italian and they are and they're not very fluent in english so i was on like google translate trying to get this reading <laughs> to right. translate to them and i'm like god i hope they understand what i'm saying um but they're very into it and they even said there's a lot of people here in italy that like really are into it they believe in that they they seek out psychics and these people who can see like his guidance for their life. So, yeah. And I was going to ask you that too. You brought it up in the beginning about, you know, the being Catholic and Italian and most Italians are Catholic, but, um, right. so do you, I mean, do you run into that a lot, uh, from maybe non Italian Catholics more than the Italian Catholics that it's kind of like, Oh, we don't want to talk about like, you shouldn't be doing this type of thing. Cause I, I feel like Italians are more open to it for some reason, even though like my old school grandmother will, it's Vergonia or something. <laughs> it's <laughs> shameful to do something, but oh, it's okay to talk about. I love talking about ghosts or whatever. My my grandma's, I think, gone to see uh, Teresa Caputo before with my aunt, so they love that stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you always get. There's always somebody. You know what I mean? You could be doing the right. best podcast and the best readings ever, and they're like, "You're not real," you know, or "You're this is stupid. This is fake. It's a scam." Um, <laughs> and honestly, I, those people don't really bother me because. Um, you know, I grew obviously growing up that way. Um, my grandparents never like shunned me from it. Don't get me wrong. They weren't like, you know, saying I'm crazy or anything like that, but they always try to dismiss it and just be like, no, it wasn't that it was this, you know? Um, and I'm noticing now because I think people like Teresa Caputo and, and there's more, more of it on TV, it's become more normalized. So I think there's a lot of people who, are more okay with it or more okay to say that they're okay with it because everybody else is doing it kind of thing. Right. Um, I don't run into a lot of people who, who necessarily say they like, don't believe in it. Like I said, you always get somebody, but I think that goes for anything that anybody does. There's always that naysayer right. <laughs> in oh, the yeah. background. But um, other than that, no, I don't, I don't encounter that too, too much. Okay. So 
because usually what I'm talking to on this show is, you know, actors or comedians or musicians, uh, especially the musician side, since I've been a musician my whole life, it's, it's interesting to me to talk to other musicians about, uh, the process of either songwriting or how you get the inspiration for a song or whatever in your case, uh, since it's still, you know, you're, this is, you know, a cool ability that you have and a talent. What's the process for you? Like when you're doing a reading, um, like how do you, like if I'm going to sing at a festival stage, you know, it's, you go backstage and you warm up for a second and then you go out there and do it. So is there like a warm up or like, do you just constantly, like, do you see like something <laughs> over somebody's shoulders or yeah. like, or, or is it just constant or do you actually have to like get some type of energy or something to get it going? That's a good question because I think for everybody who has the ability that I do, and I, I consider it more of an ability than a gift. Um, Cause I think when you say it's a gift, you like people put you on this pedestal and I'm like, that's, I don't like that. Um, I'm just somebody who has an ability and I use it to help people. But, um, you know, I think, I think for everybody who has the ability, they have a different way of going about it. Like some people, um, who are more religious based where they, they are practicing Catholic and things like that. Maybe they might pray or they might say something to themselves you know, beforehand to kind of get themselves in tune. Um, for me personally, I, I'm always kind of on. So if you think of like a light switch, you know, I never turn it off. It's always on. Um, but times where like I'm sleeping or something, I'll sometimes block certain things out so I could sleep, or maybe I just don't feel like talking to somebody at the time. Um, but I'm always on. So when I walk into like, let's say my, like a casino show or a gallery show that I do, I do my best to clear my head. I do my best to just kind of clear anything that I'm going through out. And I really just start to tune into what's around me. So I wouldn't say it's, I have a big process. It's more or less just like a radio station. You just got to tune in. You know what I mean? Um, at my show though, one of the reasons why I added the performance at the end though, was because I guess that's my process of releasing things and, and kind of bringing myself back down afterwards is kind of doing that. And then the choreography that I use um, you know, the songs that I choose for the dance, the choreography that I do, it's all very connected to whatever I feel the vibe is or whatever I feel, um, you know, so like my show that I did, um, cause this, I guess this kind of ties in to what you're saying is like with music, you're preparing or lyrics or whatever might be going on for you guys. Um, the song that I used was a song that my grandmother who passed used to sing to me. And I found this like new version of it. It's like more of like a modern version of the song. And then I kind of, I had help with it and we kind of added more music to it and made it something. And then I performed based on that song that my grandmother used to sing to me. So it was very meaningful. You see what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I do kind of little things like that, I guess. And, and it's all about like channeling it and the choreography and things like that on top of what I do as a medium. So... I'm sorry if this is, you know, <laughs> whatever, if it's not like the right, what you do, but what yeah. this, what I imagine, uh, or what would scare me <laughs> in, to be in your shoes would be like from the movie ghost where like Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> is walking around <laughs> and like, Goldberg. there's just hundreds of people around her all the time, like trying to talk in her ear. Is that like, is yeah. that like what it's, uh, what it's like, or is it just more like all of a sudden just something will, I mean, are they actually like speaking a language or is it just all symbols and things that you kind of see? I hear them as well as see them. But when I say that, it's not, it doesn't mean like I see 
an apparition, right? right it's right, right. Um, like if I wasn't here and somebody was like, what's that Tessa girl look like? And you close your eyes and you envision that's what they look like to me. It's more in the mind's eye, they call it. Um, so I do get visions, but then I also hear things. And spirit does use symbols and signs and, and different ways. It's kind of like a puzzle that they give to me. And my job would be to put it together. And, and what is it that they're trying to tell that person? You know, um, I ask for validation. I ask for very vivid, evidential things that only that person that I'm sitting with would know. Um, I actually did a reading for Lou Greco the, from Uncle Louie Variety Show, like after we did our show and, and we were on the phone and I did a reading for him. Um, and I always ask for things like in that situation, like what would what would he know, but nobody else would know. Cause he goes public with like his father. He talks about his right. father and stuff like that. So when his father comes through, I have to ask for something that nobody would know. There's no way I would know it. Um, and so it's a bunch of different things that they give to me, um, in order to get the person that's in front of me to feel that it really is them, that they're giving you a message for validation and closure. Um, and I think, does that answer your question? Oh, you asked yeah. about like with Oda Mae Brown. Um, <laughs> From from ghosts. I just um, see that scene where they're like in the room and it's just like all these ghosts <laughs> around her like trying to talk at the same time. Yeah. It would be just and like honestly, I don't... yes, it is kind of like that. Like when I do a big show where there's like a there's an audience, it is very much like that. There's like a group. It's like the people, but then spirit. So it's like double whatever's in the room. And but it's not necessarily scary to me because as a kid, when I didn't know what it was, it was scary because it's the unknown. Um, you know, I remember hearing them and like having to cover my ears because I didn't want to hear all of them at night. But then as I grew, I learned how to deal with it. Like I learned to shut things down. I learned that they weren't going to hurt me. Um, you know, I learned that it was my job with the ability that I have to talk to them and deliver whatever messages they needed me to. So I'm not scared of it, but it is, it's funny because it is kind of like that, I guess you could say. It is like ghost when you're in like a big room with people. <laughs> right. That's what I picture. And that's, that kind of leads into a next question that just popped into my head, which is um, the, uh, I just forgot that question, but another one, I'm that type of way. I'm ADD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wrote a song actually uh, about deja vu because it happens to me all the time. Is, yeah. Um, I, I know there's a difference between psychic and psychic medium type of thing, but yep. what is, maybe you don't know, or you don't really follow deja vu a lot, but if you do, what, what is it to you? <laughs> Are we channeling something else? <laughs> I honestly feel like, like from my own experience, um, you know how sometimes you can have, like, you might have a dream, like maybe a year prior to something and then it happens. Um, I personally believe it's one of two things. It's either we've had a premonition about that moment before, um, whether it be in a dream or maybe we just had a vision of it and then all of a sudden it plays out. Or sometimes I feel like the deja vu that happens is connected somehow to like a past life experience. Um, you know, cause I think, it, and if you're a believer in past lives, which I am, um, one of the reasons we're drawn to, let's say for you, like you're drawn to music because you probably had something to do with music in a past life and you're, you're pulled that way now in this life, people who, um, like I've dealt with people who have had past life experiences. They were nurses in like world war one, and then they're here in this life and they're drawn to be a nurse, you know? Um, so I think sometimes deja vu can have to do, it can have something to do with our past life experiences and it triggers something for us. Um, or like I said, maybe it was a premonition or maybe we felt that something was going to happen before and we just don't consciously know it it was more of an unconscious thought and then boom we 
we see it happen and, and you get that yeah. feeling. It's, a very, it's weird, yeah. right? It's a very strange feeling. And for some reason, I've been getting it more and more. And so I wrote a song called Deja Vu. And then it, oh, I but, love that. <laughs> but for some reason, uh, every time it happens to me, it's I always get a horrible, like a, something horrible is about to happen. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> but nothing ever happens. But it's always like, I'll tell my wife, oh my God, something is about to happen. And then it's just like, nothing's going to happen. But I, that's very strange. I, I don't know why that just came to me, but... Uh, yeah, figured, I figured I'd ask if, uh, um, yeah, so. I think, I think you do have a level of intuition and I think, um, you know, I, it's scary. And I think sometimes like the anxiety of it can take over and you're like, Oh my God, the world's going to end, you know, and, and you get this negative thought, but, but really like, just take it as, you know, it could very well be just like a decision that you need to make or, you know, something minor, or maybe there's just somebody, I always say too, like, if you think of somebody who's passed, it's probably because they're there with you. Um, you know, so it could be a number of different things, but not necessarily bad. Right. So, um, the other question I was going to ask that I just remembered is, do you think there's a lot more of, uh, of us, I guess, or people that can do what you do out there, but we've tuned it out so early yeah. in life because it made us panic or we didn't like it that it's just, yeah. uh, I don't want to think about it or I don't want to do it. And it's just kind of pushing yeah. it off to the side and then you don't use it. I personally believe that more people are intuitive and have the ability that I do um, more than, than anybody really knows. And I think a lot of the times these people can also be diagnosed with like bipolar, ADHD, schizophrenia. Um, and they're, they're diagnosed because there's no other logical explanation, I guess. Um, and I think that those people who are like misdiagnosed could be helped if they realize what is actually going on. Um, you know, I, my, before I, I went public and like pursued this more so as a career, I went to school, I have a bachelor's in education, and then I was going to school for my master's in clinical mental health counseling. So I studied all of that. I studied, you know, diagnosing different things. And, um, you know, I had to work directly with people who were diagnosed with that. And I think that's when I realized like, okay, this person's not schizophrenic they're literally seeing spirit because I know that they're there, you know? So maybe I'm schizophrenic. I don't know, but I, I, I know for a fact that a lot of these people have been misdiagnosed. I think a lot of kids, especially, um, they're, you know, I hate to say it this way, but like our, in our world, diagnosing happens so quick and it happens so early and, and they want to deliver drugs and like, here, take this and this will calm you down. And they never really give them a chance to figure it out spiritually. So like meditation or like, figuring out what might help them without prescribing something. Um, I think children deal with it a lot because kids especially can see spirit more vividly than even us. Um, and I think that they pick up on energy. They don't necessarily know what that is or what to do with it. And it causes them to have the same symptoms as like an ADHD, a bipolar, you know, and right. it, it's frustrating. I was just going to ask you about kids too, and you have small kids. So my son, maybe six months ago or so, uh, so three and a half, uh, he started, uh, we think it's just a, whatever, invisible friend or whatever, imaginary friend or whatever. And, uh, he started talking about this guy, Carl. He's like, Oh, my friend, Carl. And we're like, who the heck is Carl? <laughs> and, uh, just everything's about Carl now. And it's kind of like a joke with the family that it's uh, all this Carl. And, uh, one of my family members, maybe it was my mom or dad just said, Oh, it's, that's kind of creepy. Maybe it's somebody that he can, hear or see or something like that and I don't know I just maybe but is the this whole like culture of we all have 
imaginary friends really just we were talking to somebody in reality and I personally think it is. I mean, you're talking to somebody who talks to dead people. So truly I've always believed that kids who have imaginary friends are not imaginary. They're really spirit. Um, you know, because we're all kind of assigned, it could be one of two things. It could very well be somebody who might've passed in the house that you're living in, you know, prior, it could be a distant family member, um, it could be a number of different things. Sometimes kids attract other children who have died too, because they can see them and they relate to them being a kid. Um, so it could be that, but, you know, like I said before, kids, we don't, kids don't have like the logic and the judgment and, and yours is small. So like, they don't have the same logic and judgment in that veil that we put over as we grow. So they're very open, you know, they don't, they don't guard themselves. There's no boundaries. They see, and they feel things. And I personally believe that those imaginary friends are spirit and they know that your child can see them. You know, they want to interact. That's why they come to people like me. They want to deliver a message. They want somebody to see and acknowledge them. And um, so I would say like for your son, if it's not bothering him and it's really just a friend and, and he's not afraid of it, just encourage it and ask him questions. If it ever becomes bothersome, you know, you can teach him to put up boundaries and teach him to tell him like, leave me alone when I'm sleeping, things like that. Um, and kind of take back their power for their and their, their own space. Yeah, we don't know what uh, it, early on it was like, who the heck is Carl? And now it's just like, I'll tell a story about work or something. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, yeah, Carl did that. So it's I think it's just more he's trying to play along with being an adult or something like that and having a friend. But I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. But uh, so back to your process on how this works um, and mm -hmm. how you kind of do a reading. So especially now with COVID and having to do things like this and not being person to person. Right. So how, how does it work with like me being in Illinois or uh, you and you in New York? Like how, how does that happen being so distant from someone you're reading? Um, yeah. Well, it's all energy. It's an energy exchange really. Right. So um, I find that a phone or a zoom or whatever like this works the same as if they were here in person or sometimes the reading that I do on somebody, cause I do it for people all over. Like I actually do more readings for people outside of like where I live than anything else. And so I resort obviously to phone and Skype and zoom. Um, but I find that when they're not physically in front of me, I have to tune in just a little bit deeper because they're not physically there. So sometimes the reading is even more strong than when they are physically here because I have to kind of tune in a little more. Um, but to me, it's the same, you know, and um, I pick up on the same things. It's all energy. And it's really, like I said, like a radio station. That's interesting. So like if, I don't know, so if you're just talking to someone, do you have to just say like in your head, just if somebody's out there for this person or is Vince's great, great, long lost grandfather just out there somewhere? <laughs> is it like you have to tune in to like, you actually like have to like send something out to get them to know to talk to you? It's, I don't know. It's weird for me to comprehend. Yeah. Like, well, for something like this, like where we're, where I'm not technically here to do a reading, you know, it's almost like I tune out a little bit. I kind of turn the radio station down just a little bit. Um, to where I can focus on other things. But then if I were to tune in and kind of turn it back up, you, I just pick up on whoever is around you. Um, cause I, like I said before, I don't ever turn it off necessarily. I don't, there's never really a time that I don't feel or sense something, whether it be the energy of a building that I walk into somebody's family members who've passed. Um, 
So yeah, it's, they're always there. So it really just takes, it's a matter of tuning up or tuning down to what's around. So, um, the second experience that happened to me in my life, I'm curious about this because I don't know, um, if what I did actually worked, which was tell them to stop talking (laughs) to me. And does that work? Because what happened was, uh, my grandfather, uh, Bino, uh, passed away when my wife and I had st- uh, started dating. And uh, one day we were at my house, and uh, my wife and I, my girl, she was my girlfriend at the time, uh, we both like looked <laughs> at the same time, like at the side of the room. And we were just like, and she only knew my grandfather for like three months, four months, and she's just like, uh, some he's here. And it was freaking us out after a couple weeks. Like we kept just like in this corner of my room, like noticing he was there. And one night I just, we sat up and I just said, no, no, if that's you, you're scaring us. I love you, but stop. And it never happened again. I don't know if that's like, if they all, they're like, okay, I'm scaring them type of thing. But ever since then, my wife vividly remembers that, that it was just like, it was really scaring us. <laughs> well, we yeah, the unknown is scary. And like, even for me, like, it's funny because I, I read spirit and I, I do it every day, but even if something happens where I'm not prepared for it or it freaks me out, I mean, like I hate haunted houses. I hate those things that jump out at you. Like I get scared like everybody else does. So I can imagine that that's freaky, but, um, normally, so spirit doesn't have a sense of like time. So it could be four in the morning and they're just like, Hey, there he is. Like, let's go talk, you know, and they don't have this sense of time and, and, and all of that anymore. Um, so for you to say like, listen, no, no, like I, <laughs> I love you, but like, don't talk to me when I'm sleeping or like, can't you come during the day? Like not right now. It does create a boundary with them. And then they understand like, okay, when they're sleeping, leave them alone. Um, so it's not wrong for you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your grandfather went away. He's still around you. It's just that he doesn't bother you the way that he did before, you know? So I just encourage people to create boundaries if that happens. So sticking on the scared part, because this stuff freaks (laughs) me out sometimes, but I had this question written down. Do you ever get scared doing a reading or has a reading that you vividly remember, like ever scared you? Um, Like maybe in your adult life? Um, Not a reading. I've never been scared during a reading more emotional. I get very emotional, especially if it has to do with like children, people losing children. Um, I just did a reading earlier today where somebody lost a child. So it was, it gets very emotional. Um, not necessarily scary, but I have had scary experiences. Like when I was pregnant, I, um, this might be something that I don't know if it ties in, but like when I was pregnant with my first son, I was looking for a house. I was going to buy a house and I, I walked in and it was weird because like the kid's father at the time and I were walking in and I'm like, um, I don't want to go in there. And he's like, why? And I'm like, I just, I can't go in there. I don't like it. I, there's something happening there. I don't like it. And you know, he's like, well, I'm going in anyways. So I kind of hesitated. I didn't want to go in. I'm like, I don't know why, but I don't want to go in this house. And I ended up kind of following along. And when I peeked my head in, there was like this big staircase and when he came back out, I said, somebody hung themselves right above that staircase. I can't live here. I'm like, I can't do it. There's, there's no way. Um, and so he thought I was crazy at the time. And he ended up asking the realtor, like, is there any way to find out if something like this happened? And they went back and they found out that there was a young man who hung himself in the house right there. And I was like, yeah, that's, we're not, I'm not buying that house. (laughs) I (laughs) I can't do it. You know, like I can't stand the image of that in my head. So 
and I, that's probably the only time I've ever really felt scared or maybe experiences like that. But when I do readings, I always ask for like the highest good, right? So anything that's positive, positive messages. And like I said, it becomes very emotional, um, or doing investigative cases, homicides, things like that, missing people. They're very emotional as well, but not so much scary. Yeah. I, I don't blame you about not wanting to live there, but my, uh, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't, my grandfather's gone, but my grandmother's still living. I'm sure she's going to watch this, but, uh, she, uh, I don't know how she did it. My dad was a kid and my aunts and uncles were young too, but, uh, they, my grandfather didn't speak English very well. And when they came to get one of their first houses, uh, he had a tailor shop in the house. He was a tailor and, uh, he bought this house and they're there and living there and everything's fine. And, uh, they're in the tailor shop, which was on the first floor. And, uh, a guy comes in and my grandmother was working and, uh, he's like, this is creepy being in here. And she's like, why? And he's like, this was a funeral home before you guys moved in here. And she like went to my grandfather and was like, why would you buy an old funeral home? And he's like, I didn't understand the realtor when he said it was a funeral home. He didn't understand the word funeral home. So they ended up living in this funeral home for like years. And I don't know how they did that, but like my dad tells stories about the basement, like still had the old hooks, like where they hang the dead bodies. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I don't know how <laughs> they could never, live. They always had visitors, that's for sure. Yeah, well, my they they've told crazy stories about it. But uh, I don't know how they how they dealt with that. But uh, so do what wrong assumptions uh, do people make about what you do? Like, on, I'm yeah, sure you get it all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, I think, number one, one of the biggest assumptions is that what we're doing, like what I do is a scam and that, you know, I just want people's money. Um, one of the biggest things that I'm all about is like I do free readings. I do them every week. Um, if I feel drawn to somebody that I feel needs the reading, I use my ability for that, not for the money. Um, so I think one of the biggest things is that like, it's a scam. Now I'm not saying that there's not people out there who claim to have the ability who use it for the wrong reasons and, you know, maybe do use it for money, which is terrible, but that's their karma. Um, you know, so I think that's number one. I think the other one would be that, that like, if you have a reading with somebody, people think that like, there's like a ghost or like a demon that's going to attach to them. And then once they leave me, they're going to be haunted. And, you know, and I'm like, but <laughs> it's never happened. Number one, there's really not demons. Like I, it's such a rare case to have anything like that, or even a negative entity. Um, they're very, very rare. And you know, their loved ones are always with them as it is. So I always encourage people to understand that, like, when I pick up on somebody's loved one, it's because they're around them. I don't go to the grave and, like, take them with me and, like, come on, we got to go, you know, to your son's house right now. Um, They're with them. And my job is to deliver that they're okay and that they're with you and maybe some evidential things to help with the closure. Um, So it's not a bad thing. I think some people think it's a negative thing or, um, but it's really a positive. So just something intriguing to me. So like, um, so like us, you're, you're my age. It has to be, you know, you're young. Uh, how is it that you're, we're just not getting like ancestors from like 500 years, just like around us. Cause we're the last ones <laughs> of their family <laughs> still around. Is it just, so what's happened to like all these other, like way old, like spirits, I guess, if that makes any sense, like, are they still around or 
Um, you know, sometimes like the oldest ones, like people we've never met, it's, it's funny because sometimes they'll do a reading and, and it ends up being like a great grandmother or great grandfather or whatever. And they're like, well, why are they coming through? I've never met them. You know, um, sometimes from what I found and in my experience as a medium is like those people are great grandparents or whatever. They will sometimes be assigned to us like a spirit guide or like a, a guardian angel type figure. Um, you know, because for some reason they feel connected to you. So maybe it's because you carry their name, you know, especially Italian people, there's like 80 Roccos in the family or there's like, you know, 20 Giovannis. And so it's like, maybe you might carry a name of theirs. And so they may have been assigned to be a guardian, you know, with you throughout your life. So some of them come through and, you know, they acknowledge that, or maybe they just want to say like, Hey, I'm watching over you. I know you carry my name, um, whatever. And I feel like the rest of them, and I think everybody's belief system um, is to each their own. But like, I personally believe that there is maybe a place like heaven. I don't know how to define that. A lot of people ask me that question. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily know if there is a quote unquote heaven. I do know that they are together. You know, Um, if that is heaven, then beautiful. So I really think that they're more so with each other. But if we're going through something here in the physical world or, you know, we're upset or we just feel like we need a sign from them, they do make sure to acknowledge us and to let us know that they're around. But it doesn't mean that they're with us all the time, every day. You know, they never have anything else to do. But um, I think, does that kind of answer the question for you, I guess? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. it just, you know, I, it, it makes, it's logical too that, you know, my ancestor from 500 BC is probably just be hanging, ar- <laughs> hanging around over me uh, all day long. But I, mean, so. I have had like great, great grandparents and things like right. that. And, and because like their great, great grandmother was named Maria. And so now they're Maria and they wanted to just say like, Hey, I know you have my name, you know? So it's just, it's very weird how it, it changes from person to person. Right. Well, something happened to me, uh, I'm teaching my son how to uh, sing and stuff, and he's four. And we were recording. My grand, my grandfather was a musician, and we play his music. And I travel the country playing his music. And we were downstairs recording, and uh, we were singing his song "Bimba Bella." And uh, I have it on video. I, it's crazy how it happened, but uh, I was playing yeah. the drums, and my son was there shaking uh, shaker and singing. And during the video, the lamp in the corner. Um, I had this strong feeling all of a sudden that my grandfather was there and the lamp shut off and I almost like messed up playing, but I kept going and it's in the video and I posted it on Facebook. I was like, if you look at this certain second, the light shuts off and it's just very creepy. It was creepy, but it was also like this feeling like you're doing something good, I guess. (laughs) It was like they're watching. It's interesting, but um, yeah. And I always tell people to trust that, like, trust your, trust your own intuition. You know, if you felt that was your grandfather, if you felt that that was the message he wanted to give to you in that moment, you're, you're a hundred percent correct. Yeah. So what do you think, uh, since we're young Italian Americans, <laughs> what do yeah. you think is the future for Italian American entertainment or what do you hope is the future for, for our culture? It's so hard because, um, you know, watching as like the older generations are passing and, and, uh, you know, the same traditions are not necessarily always kept going through everybody. What I hope to happen is that people like us who do cherish the Italian heritage and things like that, keep it alive and going, you know, in the younger generations somehow. Um, you know, I've heard of a lot of artists and entertainers who want to bring back like the Dean Martin style roasts and stuff on TV and the variety shows and, um, that's something that's been going through my head for quite some time is like figuring out how to do something along those lines. 
Um, but you know, exactly what you're doing right now, like highlighting and, and just keeping everything alive. And I hope that people, you know, young Italian Americans do study their culture and do study their ancestry and do what they can to keep it alive because it's, it's honestly such an amazing culture. It really is. Like, I'm super proud of it. If nobody could tell on my pages, everything's Italian, everything's this and that. So, you know, I hope that we can keep it alive. Yeah, no, it's, you know, unfortunately, I don't remember who said it in one of my interviews, but, you know, um, I'm 30. So, I mean, in the next 50 years, if I live that long, uh, no one from it from Italy is coming over here anymore. So it's kind of like it's it's that immigration's over. So it's kind of up to us to keep it going with our kids and hopefully, you know, uh, they keep it going. And I, my son already, he's singing Cella Luna, the Sicilian song all over the house. And so at least that's somewhat going, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, things like what you're doing. And I think, you know, uh, a promoter that I had on the, on the show with me a couple of weeks ago, Ron Onesti, he, he yeah. said it and it's, everybody wants to be Italian. It's cool to be Italian still. And so yeah. <laughs> I think there's that still going for us that people like the Italian culture and want to try to be Italian, even if they're not. So at least that's going for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's like, um, like the Sopranos, I have a, a couple actors, you know, from the Sopranos. And so I'm rewatching the Sopranos and it's so funny to watch because not only is it like the best show ever on television, in my opinion, but like you watch they're like just the things that they say and the things that they do and um you know the whole mobster thing and you know everybody wants to be like the people on goodfellas and you know and i see a lot of people now kind of bringing that back into movies and into tv and and it's you know like sopranos during quarantine like everybody was watching that like right. it's still alive you know what i mean and and it is you're right like people think it's cool to be italian um and i'm certainly very proud of it so i love highlighting that and highlighting there's a difference between like old school Italian, like the old country versus like Italian Americans. I think like Italian Americans have kind of taken that and created their own culture. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, which is still cool. Um, so I think just keeping it alive by highlighting it, you know, the way you're doing and what I'm doing and everybody else, the uncle Louis variety show for one, Anthony Rodea. Um, yeah. he was on the show as well. And just like talking about it and keeping it alive, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco, oh, yeah. he does a phenomenal job, you exactly. know, describing. So Exactly. So, yeah. uh, before we end it, what's, uh, what's next for your show? What's next for you? Do you have any upcoming dates? Uh, I know COVID put everything halted right now, but, uh, so what's next for you? And if somebody's interested in getting in touch with you for reading, how does, uh, how do they go about doing that? Yeah. So, um, you can check, I have a Facebook page, uh, Tessa Del Zappo Psychic Medium. I also have a YouTube channel, which is under Tessa Del Zappo. Um, so my podcast airs every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And like I said, this week coming up, I have uh, Vincent Curatola, who played Johnny Sachs on Sopranos. I always highlight somebody, and then I allow people to call in for readings every every Thursday at 8. Um, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on my Facebook. As far as live shows, I still have one booked at the casino in Niagara, uh, for November. So fingers crossed, not sure what's going to happen with that. It hasn't been canceled yet. My other ones have been postponed. Um, so I'm hoping maybe that can stay alive. Uh, I have one that I'm looking to do with the Statler in Buffalo, which is a live gallery show as well. But if because of all the craziness that they still don't allow that, I'm looking for outside venues. But people who follow me on Facebook can obviously keep in touch with that kind of stuff and see what I have coming up because I need to get back on a stage. I'm like, 
itching to get out on a stage and to perform and to do these things again. So I'm looking to possibly do something maybe outdoors if I can't get indoors anytime soon. Yeah, no, I was just talking to my guitarist about that today. Uh, we were texting each other and you don't realize how much you miss it uh, being on a big stage until you're not on it. And you know, I've been, yeah. I've been playing out uh, for 15 plus years now um, on stages. So it's like, it's the first year that we haven't been on a festival stage. It's kind of yeah. it's sad. You don't yeah. realize it until you're not on there. You miss it. But No, it's very true. It's it's tough for everybody, you know, and, and luckily we have the ability to translate it into something like this, like a podcast, which, you know, I'm having fun with, but I can't wait to be back on a stage. So, yeah, I guess people can just follow my Facebook page, you know, sure. go on YouTube. And then if they want to book a private reading with me, they can always shoot me an email or um, which is testadelsapp.gmail.com. Or uh, just find me on Facebook. Cool. Well, I'll tag all your pages and links uh, on this podcast so people can find you. And once again, I appreciate you coming on. It's been yeah, uh, very interesting. <laughs> and I'll have to I have to call you sometime for a reading. I want to know. What my, you should. <laughs> I want to know what my grandfather's saying about me. <laughs> He's around you, so we're gonna have to talk. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, I'll tag you on all these links so people can find you. So thanks again. Have a great day. Uh, you too. Thank you, Vince. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.